1: Become a member during our 2017 Summer Drive to get access to sweet swag and pledge your support to the world's only food radio station. Visit heritageradionetwork.org donate to become a member now.
2: Hey, welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. It's June 27th, 2017. I'm Jimmy Carboni from Jimmy's number 43 in the Good Beer Seal in New York City. We've got some great guests joining us today at Heritage Radio Network. I'd like to welcome to the show Steve Pominski. Steve, how are you? Uh, Great, great. Thanks for having us today. And where are you from? Tell us everything.
3: Uh, Barrage Brewing Company in Farmingdale, New York. Um, We've been open three years and... uh, we are the eclectic beer maker.
2: That's great. So we've we, we got a couple of brewers here from uh, Long Island, and, and we've got our, our good buddy.
4: <laughs> Luke Schmucker from Shaxbury Cider up in Vergennes, Vermont.
2: Yeah, so we're gonna we're, we're covering a lot of different bases today. It's, it's kind of right before the 4th of July weekend. We're going to drink a bunch of beers, some ciders, and our good buddy. We haven't, we haven't had you on in a long time. What's going on? Mike Descarfino from Barrier Brewing Company, Oceanside, Long Island. All right, so this is kind of like the pre-4th of July show. We're going to talk about some things. Originally, we are going to talk about Long Island Beer Week, but uh, we, we got our guys, uh, Shaxbury, from Vermont in, too. But then, you know, how, how was Long Island Beer Week? I mean, uh, for Steve, you guys were a really big part of it at Barrage.
3: Uh, you know, uh, this year, was, uh, it was a last-minute type of thing. We did get it off the ground. Uh, we did do a collaboration beer with uh, uh, 11 other breweries uh, that... All the uh, proceeds from that beer goes to Craft Cares, uh, which is uh, basically we collect food for uh, on the privileged people. And so far, so good. We've collected, uh, I want to say, over 5,000 pounds of canned goods. for. Uh, you oh, know. So this,
2: it's a unique promotion. So how do you get the beer?
3: Um, you would have to go to a participating brewery um, you know that has a tasting room. You would bring two cans of food, and you would get one can of beer.
2: Wow, that's great, man. We, we, I think we tried the collab a couple weeks ago. It was cool. pretty good. Cool. Um, beer Sessions Radio is brought to you by Union Beer Distributors, Supplier, world-class ales and lagers. Check us out at Beer underscore Sessions on Twitter and Instagram. This should be a great photo going up uh, by Miss Hillary Fasten in a few minutes. So, And, Mike, uh, you know, Barry, what's new? You guys are expanding. Yeah, we had we're some actually,
5: controversies. We, we did um, recently, and not just us, but a few other local uh, New York breweries, Uh, we invested a lot of money into a new brewing system, uh, which was Metal Craft Fabricators out of Oregon, and we kind of got screwed along with some of our fellow New York breweries. So, uh, unfortunately, we had about 70% of the brew house already completed, and we got it off their property, and we have another company that's going to finish it for us. But it's a setback nonetheless. Um, So we're just uh, hopefully going to get that in-house in the next three weeks and yeah we're gonna jump up currently we're a five barrel brewery and we'll be jumping up to a 20 barrel great and uh, the
2: first beer we're drinking tonight is from you guys
5: yeah it's tanto ipa it's been one of our biggest uh biggest hits in the last couple months it's uh new england style ipa very cloudy hazy and it's it's very um i would would say it's more on the juicy side uh, a little bit of a dank back backbone to it and uh the main hop in this guy is idaho 007 and uh yeah, this has been uh this has been a favorite at the brewery for for the past few months.
2: And I, I love you guys. We you know, we've known you a long time and been buying from you and uh, it's great to have you on the show. Thank you. And then Luca, uh, you know, what brings you down from Vermont? Uh We've seen your cider around for a while. Shakespeare, you've done some collaborations with some Spanish cider makers and uh yeah, good yeah, to yeah. have you on the show.
4: Thank you. Yeah, the the Basque collaboration is one of our favorites with Inara over at Petritaggy. Just full Basque cider. We just bring it in and import it because we love her cider. It's delicious and it's very different from what we're producing up in Vermont. So one of the things that I really like about what we do is we have the contrast of a wild yeast or native yeast fermented Basque cider. And then we also, the one that I brought today is our Pet Nat. So this is our wild foraged fruit from Vermont, wild native yeast fermented, down zero residual sugar and seeing Basque apples versus Vermont apples with native yeast fermentation to just show what happens in the Vasque region with some native yeast fermentation versus what happens up in Vermont and seeing the contrast of the apples and what's really going on there. So,
2: Wow. Well, everyone, let's make a toast cool. with this uh, barrier tonto. Uh, yeah, looks It's uh, p- p- super crack. dank, we'll and uh, open. the nose is, is so, like, what is it? Super, it's super fresh beer,
5: isn't it? Yeah, it was, can, uh, it was uh, canned yesterday. We, uh, we were canning a lot of our beers through Ironheart. And uh, yeah, it's super fresh. For that. Uh, I think it's got a little bit more of a dank bite than most of the New England style. But uh, I think that's what makes it a little more unique.
2: Right, we're gonna do like a pre. We got some representing Vermont and Long Island. That's two states, right there. So we're gonna do like Fourth of July, you know, preview show. Cheers to uh, America and uh, you know our Fourth of July. So a big question, um, you know, question of you know AB InBev buying up breweries. Uh, just today, I got an announcement that the Brewers Association, who represents the craft breweries, has launched a label, the Independent yes. uh, Craft Beer Label. Um, Steve, you want to tell us about that? <clears throat> And what it means to you guys uh, as craft brewers?
3: Actually, we had uh, seen the email earlier today. And I, I think it's uh, the Brewers Association's way of... Because there is um, a misconception, people think certain beers are craft and they're owned by big, you know, big beer. And I think it's the uh, Brewers Association's way of just letting people know. Easy way. You look at the, your, your label, there it is, independent, right on the label, you know, it's not owned by a big, you know, big corporation.
2: Mike, did you, have you guys talked about it at Barrier?
5: Uh, we, like, keep like saying we got the email uh, recently. I think it was this morning we got yes. it, and uh, yeah, I think that that's really cool. It's gonna it's gonna discern the difference between what is craft, what's not, uh, and uh, who's tr- still truly independent. Uh, let, you know, get, don't get me wrong. There's still some great beers that aren't technically craft or independently owned. That's cool. It is what it is, but a lot of people don't know. That it's not independently owned or it's, you know, bought by a conglomerate or, you know, so I think it's really good. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like a a fighting back in a way.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of confusion, you know, especially when you go into a a supermarket or a large package store and you're looking for something, you want an IPA or something. You know, Steve, tell us more about Barrage. You guys guys are out on Long Island. Tell us about the community that you're in, you know, the brewery you have and uh, the tasting room. Um, yeah, because I want to come out and visit you this summer.
3: We're uh, we're located in Farmingdale, off of One Hundred and Ten Allen Boulevard, behind TJ Auto Body. We're a Seven Barrel Brewery. Um, and we produce a lot of eclectic uh, beers. Uh, we pretty much uh, just to go down a, a few beers right off the bat. You know, we do a toasted coconut caramel milk uh, stout, a peanut caramel porter, um, a coffee white chocolate cream ale. So the, those are the kind of beers you're going to get when you come to our place. Um, we do have IPAs. Uh, we do have, you know, red ales and stuff like that. But we really like to push the envelope when it comes to style um, uh, in beer-wise.
2: And when did you guys open and, and what, what, you, what got you guys started in the first place?
3: <laughs> um, well, I was a home brewer for uh, over 20 years. Uh, a buddy of mine and I, and I uh, w- would brew at home. And um, I actually uh, met Evan Klein as he was trying to put Barrier Brewing together. Yeah, yeah. You know, we had several conversations. I would just stop into his place every so often. And, and I was like, you know, I think this is something I can do. I've been doing it quite a, a long time. Uh, so just to get past the homebrew uh, part of it, I went to Cybel Institute in Chicago uh, didn't graduate because uh, when you graduate, you got to go to Germany, and I have a family and a job and all those I, good I, things. I did that too. I did a two week course. <laughs> so, I, I didn't
5: have the money to pony up. For yeah, that.
3: <laughs> yeah. So you know, I, I did a few of the courses that lead up to uh, being a, a brewmaster, and said, "Let's let's open up." And we started in 2012. Long haul. We had a lot of problems, permit wise. And uh, actually, this year we celebrated our third year being open in uh, where we are in Farmingdale. and it' it 's been going you know it 's a great ride uh, we 've met so many great people in the industry, especially in Long Island. Everyone is really looks out for each other and 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 it, when I mean long island i i 'm talking Queens and Brooklyn, and we all kind of try to help each other out. we do collaborations. Uh, if we might need something, if we uh, right now on, on Long Island we have uh, the Brewer's Guild, and it's a network of breweries on Long Island. Right now in Suffolk County alone, not counting the rest of the boroughs, there are 31 breweries out on Long Island. That's a lot of breweries. It's actually the most breweries in any county in New York State as of right now. So you count those and you count what's in Brooklyn and Queens and, and all the other boroughs, this, this little uh, collaboration helps everyone. Hey, I need some of this grain. I, I don't have enough grain for this batch. And we reach out, and, and we really help each other. It truly is a community that uh, there are strength in numbers.
2: Yeah, well, cheers to you guys. Cheers. And then, Mike, you, you guys are in Oceanside, Long yes, Island.
5: which is practically Queens.
2: Just practically Queens. <laughs> but do you guys think of yourselves as being part of Long Island? Oh, of course. Take the Long Island Railroad to get there. Of course, absolutely. We're as
5: Long Island as as is or as the Hamptons are. You know, it's, yeah, just because we're on the border. But yeah, I mean, most of our business when we started back in 2010 was, you know, and for the first couple of years was Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan. Um, and then as, you know, the bigger we got, yes, we could finally provide the island. You never want to short your home market. But uh, no, yeah, we're, we're Long Island strong through and through. And
2: what's going on at the tasting room these days?
5: Yeah, we, we got a nice tasting room. We got 10 taps on at all times. We got a food truck out all the time. We're open Wednesday through Sunday. Uh, we're a couple stops uh, to Long Beach off the R. So if you want to make a beach day out of it, hey, kill two birds with one stone. It's, well, a, it's if, a nice little trip.
2: If our listeners don't know about Barry, whenever they first started, you know, six, seven years ago? Seven years ago this month. The first year when you guys were just like a one-barrel system.
5: We were one barrel for one yeah. year. At and, the uh, Tap
2: New York event, they won Best Brewery in New York as the smallest brewery at the time. And to me, that was a tipping point. It was just the beginning of all these new breweries rolling on. And you guys uh, were there in the beginning, and uh, Evan used to come, and, and I was getting two kegs a week from you guys yeah. forever. So love you guys. And uh, what's the next beer we're drinking? This is so much fun today. It's 4th of July. we got the special uh, freshly canned you know, barrier so beers that nobody can get in America. The, the next beer we have except for here us
5: on is a uh, is collaboration we did with uh, Inner Barrel in Brooklyn, our good friend Jesse. Um, so it is called Money Mad Fat. It's a double dry hopped uh, IPA with lupalum powder. And there's a bunch of nice sexy hops in there, Mosaic, Simcoe. You've got mosaic lupulin powder equinot so it's uh it's uh one of our one of it's our new sexy it's fat <laughs> it, it is it's sexy juicy. it's <laughs> sexy juicy what all the kids want these days
1: yeah
5: that's yeah. a good thing barrage is out there because now they can actually make beer that people want to try other than you know the same tasting beers which i think a lot of breweries are, are now falling into where it's like oh we got to make the you know the next best juicy ipa and they're all great you know i'm not, not shit talking any one of them i haven't had a bad one but you know, it's nice to have a little diversity. Well, one beer that that, that you've changed recently, your
2: Green Room Pale Ale, it, it now it's dry hopped, and that's one of my go-to beers.
5: Yeah, it's it originally was a, more of like a Sierra Nevada Pale Ale style um, Pale Ale, but we've changed it up a little bit. But it's it's a little more throwback-y, in, in my opinion, where it's got a dank... Um, backbone to it as opposed to be juicy, but it's more like citrus and dank with a little bit of grapefruit. And we dry hop that with um, Centennial, Columbus, and Comet.
2: You know, words like juicy and dank. I mean, you know, we got a a cider guy here and other brewery people. I mean, what is juicy and what is dank when, when you talk about beer?
5: Well, how I equate it is dank is more of a throwback, like piney, West Coast style Almost like a a pot smell to it And yeah. taste Juicy is more like low IBUs Very low bitterness um, And if you can combine the you know the two You get the best of both worlds My yeah. opinion And your buddy came in So
2: introduce yourself This is a, a beer scene guy
1: Hi, Jacob Cheddar I am a bartender I work with Grand Army Bar uh, Back up at Proletariat And at Boilermaker
2: Okay, so you're sitting there Nodding your head So I'm sure you know A lot about <laughs> Barrier
1: Oh, just just a couple of things about it yeah. What about dank and juicy? Oh my god! You know, I remember the first time I ever had Barrier Money. Like I, he, Mike had actually brought in uh, a f- keg that had been tapped like a day prior. It was just so fresh, so juicy. The Arrow on it were absolutely ridiculous. You know, I, I felt like I was uh, getting smoked up, honestly, in <laughs> regards to how dank that was. Uh, If my grandma's listening to this, I don't. I'm assuming it's barbecue related.
2: Your grandmother (laughs) smoke probably is listening, man. You're you're that kind of guy. You're a good guy.
1: Amen to that. Welcome to the show.
2: That's our other guest, our secret guest, and uh, you know, Luke. We're going to talk more about cider too. You know, but what are these words to you? I mean, you've got dank, you've got juicy, but you're working with uh, you know Spanish. You know cedra makers what 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 vocabulary do they use describing their sour and funky ciders
4: it was It was funny when we came out with Arlo, which is a blend of Basque fruit and Vermont fruit it's native yeast fermented can conditioned cider. we went back and forth and a lot of the flavor characteristics that you pull out of that we usually put a short description on the back of the can and internally when we were talking about it it's musty grapefruit peel and salinity and we were thinking to ourselves, like this is what i want to hear and if i saw this on the back of a can i would 100 percent buy it but didn't know how it would translate to people that were just starting to get into cider so we just ended up putting funky fresh on the back <laughs> because it was like there's this freshness from the apple side and then there's also that funky musty grapefruit peel that you get from this native yeast fermented basque cider so we uh the other thing that we always joke around about at Shaxbury being up in Vermont is if this whole Apple thing doesn't work out we're just gonna make some juicy canned IPAs and just start <laughs> yeah. abandoning the whole Apple thing just start selling cans out of the back out of the back gate and <laughs> let people come in and line up for them so That's
2: at the Shaxbury shack
4: <laughs> at, the, at the shack
2: well hey we're off for a good start here we got everybody introduced and I'm talking more about Fourth of July and beer on beer sessions radio all right
5: Heritage Foods USA is a farm-to-table online butcher and founding sponsor of Heritage Radio
4: Network.
1: Heritage Foods got its start when Patrick Martin's first stepped foot onto Frank Reese's
4: Kansas Farm in 2001. Back then, Frank was the only farmer in America raising true heritage turkeys, with recorded lineages tracing back more than 150
1: years.
5: Patrick knew instantly he found a unique moment, an opportunity to go beyond acknowledging these breeds as being jeopardized and to actually do something to save them. Patrick asked Frank to ramp up production and made a promise to him that if he would raise them, Heritage Foods USA would sell them.
1: That was the moment that Heritage Foods' slogan, eat them to save them, was born. By
4: creating a market for delicious meats from Heritage Breeds, we can ensure they'll be around for generations to come.
5: Plus, Heritage Breeds just taste a whole lot better. Learn more at HeritageFoodsUSA.com and use the code HERITAGERADIO for two free pork chops with your first order, brother.
0: Hi, I'm Harry Rosenblum, host of Feast Your Years here on Heritage Radio Network. My show is about people, life, and food. Tune in on Wednesdays at 1 o'clock to hear me talk with people from all walks of life. I interview artists, writers, healers, chefs, and much more. Support my show and all of Heritage Radio Network's programming. Go to heritageradionetwork.org and click on the beating heart to donate. Your donations help keep us operating. Bad.
2: That was a great ad from Heritage Foods USA, the founders of uh, Heritage Radio Network. So we're having a great show here. We're talking about Long Island beers, Barrier Barrage, Shaksbury Cider from Vermont, and a guy snuck in from uh, one of the local bars around here. If you're ever in the neighborhood of Tuesdays, 5 o'clock at Roberta's Bar, Roberta's Pizza, you can come in and sit in with us, too, just like this guy
1: did. What's your name again? Uh, Jacob Cheddar of so, Grand Army Bar, Proletariat. Jacob Cheddar. Cheddar. Right.
2: Cheddar. So talk about Vermont. So you, you're also here. There's a, the fancy food show. Which uh, we had some passes to for Harry's Radio Network, and I checked it out. But the whole Vermont section is huge. But but you know, who was there? Some of your friends were there. We should know about.
4: Yeah, cheese a,
2: makers and I know Prohibition Pig was down.
4: Yeah, there. When you think about Vermont from an outsider's perspective, you think about cider, cheese, and maple. And when you go to an event like fancy food, you visually see all the amazing cheese that's coming down. Uh, My friend Christy over at Springbrook gave us some cheese to bring into the studio, and when you hang out with Vermont cheese people and you say, oh, yeah, I'll take a little bit of cheese to bring into the studio, they give you probably about a pound and a half worth of cheese to end up bringing in. So it's it's definitely a great community to be be a part of. Uh, There's a lot of trading that goes on up in the Vermont community between... Cider producers, cheese producers, uh, the gin producers with Stonecutter and uh, Bar Hill, Caledonia Spirits. Whistlepig Whiskey's barn is right next to Colin's parents' barn, so it's a good connection to have. We've been doing a lot of barrel aging in gin and whiskey barrels because of the availability to have it from our neighbors. Well, that's so. great,
2: and, and give a shout-out. The first week of August, Beer Sessions Radio will be up there in Vermont and you're going to be one of our co-hosts. I yes. You know I, that, but.
4: I can't wait. It's, we, we've been trying to get you to come up to Vermont for a long time, so it'll be great to have you up there. And uh, I know that there's a lot of people that are very excited to have Heritage Radio come up and, and hang to out that. in Vermont. Cheers.
2: So now we're tasting a,
3: a barrage. What's this called? It's, it's called Try and Try. And the name behind it is, uh, as with all our other beers, there's a meaning behind everything. Um, so many people kept telling us, why, why don't you do a New England style? hazy IPA. Why don't you try doing it? Try it. Just try. 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 So we did. Um, it's uh, Mosaic Simcoe. And, um, you know, it's it's that cross between that mango and cat pee type of... Uh, and it, it came out well. We, we, we made a lot of people happy about it. That's actually uh, one of our first beers we're going to be canning uh, in the next month. And, um, you know, it was something uh, not that we didn't want to do, but... Because of everything else that we do, uh, I like to brew what I like to drink, what I want to drink at that moment. And I like different. I like funky. I like eclectic. I want to taste all these different nuances in a beer. Not that there's not a lot of nuances in this, but I want substance behind something. And I'm a dark beer drinker. Uh, I that's just uh, back when, when even when I was younger, drinking porters and stouts. Uh, that's my forte. That's what I look for. So we're we're pretty much... Uh, a lot of our beers are dark-based. Uh, but we do, you know, a bunch of uh, New England style uh, now, and uh, they're coming out well, and I'm very happy with them. So uh, that's what we got right now.
2: Steve, I know you, 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 Barrage and Barrier are both on Long Island, different parts of Long Island. Yes. Do people ever get confused between the two uh, names? Well, just
3: a, just a tad. Just a... You know, it's the B-A-R-R, and they never look past that. And, um, you know, we, we've we've had people come in and ask us for money IPA. I wish we had money <laughs> IPA because that would be awesome. And it's an awesome beer, but we don't make that beer. Um, and I've and I've actually talked to a couple of uh, the um, tasting room staff over Barrier, and they're like, yeah, bro, people come in and they're like, oh, you don't have yada, yada, yada on? Well, that's one of the beers that we make that... And and no, that's the wrong brewery. So, you know, maybe down the road, um, you know, yeah. maybe we'll do a little collaboration. Well,
2: let's, let's talk about the Long Island collaboration, because you guys are all so close out there. You, you guys had a collaboration for Long Island Beer Week. I tasted it. I mean, you had, like, Greenport Harbor, Blue Point, a lot of other breweries involved.
3: Yes. Uh, it was a total of 11 breweries involved. Uh, it's the third year that we've actually done it. Uh, this year's was a um, an Irish red, a multi-Irish red. And... Uh, it's it's something we want to continue to see growing, and again, it helps uh, the less fortunate people on, on the island. Which, you know, we all every every single day we go about our day and not think about people that hey, well, you know, somebody might not have something to eat tonight. Uh, you know, it's it's very easy to forget that, but there are thousands of people on Long Island, New York, that don't have something to eat that night. So. By doing this, this, is our way of, of giving back to the community, um, and, and through beer, and we're also trying to educate people. You know, we try to do a beer that is uh, the first year we did a a Kentucky common, second year was a a really light IPA, and issue was a red ale. Trying to get people that during Craft Beer Week, maybe are not into craft beer, try something that they might not buy, having them, you know.
2: Donate to a, a a good cause Yeah Let's talk more about collaboration So For that beer Where did you guys make the beer? We actually Brewed it at Blue
3: Point uh, Brewing Company In Patchogue uh, We brewed it And then we transferred it Over to Great South Bay In Bayshore Where we actually canned the beer And then it was distributed Through Out Long Island Through most of the tasting rooms And through Certain venues you know, Restaurants and bars uh, even some homebrew shops uh, had the beer on tap, uh, on tap in can, that people could bring in cans of of you know goods to uh, get the cans.
2: Yeah, and then um, for, for Luke, you know where you guys are collaborating with uh, you know Spanish cidery. How, do, how does that work?
4: We we do a lot of collaborations at jacksberry we take a lot of influence from european ciders we have uh two orchards that we work with we have petrotegui over in the basque region of spain and then we have dragon orchard which is in herefordshire in uk so uk apples are really high tannin uh where basque ciders have more of that salinity acidity aspect to it even beyond that with our wild Vermont yeast, we've been working on a couple different collaborations. Out, We were out at the Festival of Funk in San Diego and uh, gave those guys some juice to play around with and put in barrel for modern times. So working on doing a graft and some stuff on the East Coast as well. So being that interesting middleman in the cider world and pulling from cider, natural wine, and, you know, farmhouse ales, sours, things like that. We like to go back and forth and collaborate with people in all different aspects.
2: And you're so. also really just getting started, aren't you?
4: Definitely. We, we, we launched in 2013. A- as opposed to a lot of other people, we're finally going to be opening up our tasting room. We're renovating an old creamery up in Virgin's. We're moving away from multiple different places. If About six months or a year ago, if you were to look at Google Maps, the actual location for Shaxbury was Colin's parents' barn. So regularly, on the weekend in Vermont, people would show up at Colin's parents' barn and knock on the door and try to get some tasting of Shaxbury cider, but <laughs> wasn't going to end up happening so it's It's great to actually have a place to people come up, hang out up in Vermont, taste through our ciders, and see what we're all about and so
2: in Vermont, you you have that connection because colin's family has a farm, so
4: yeah, Colin actually has a herd of Highland cattle that hang out up in Vermont, so they're the big, hairy, dark brown cattle and we have that David and Colin, the two people that started it and then pulled me in, both went to Middlebury College, so they went to school in Middlebury, wanted to stick around. David worked at Sunrise Orchard, who's our orchard partner up in Vermont. So we we have a pretty deep connection with Vermont and love to be able to bring people up and kind of add to that community a little bit more.
2: You know, on that note, right now it's the Heritage Radio Network uh, Summer Member Drive. there There's bidding going on, online bidding to raise money for the network. And you guys donated a very cool package.
4: Yeah, we actually donated a trip up to Vermont to hang out and stay at Sunrise Orchard in the farmhouse on the property. We were actually going to take people out foraging for wild apples, which is what we do for a lot of our apples, go out in the woods, shake some trees with tarps underneath them, put them to work a little bit, and then reward them by taking them out and going to see a goat cheese producer and getting that full Vermont experience, but from an inside angle as opposed to going up as a tourist. So, yeah, Great. we're excited about it.
2: And you said you're also talking about making a collaboration with Threes
4: uh, I was down hanging out with Greg's, yeah, Greg yesterday, down at Threes, and playing out with a couple different blends. I've always been a fan of their pills, and uh, Greg and I... Are you going to make
2: a cider beer?
4: We were, we, were, we were looking at some graph options and things like that, where it's a blend of beer and cider, and we were, were playing around with a couple of different ideas to see how it could actually work out. Greg... Greg and me, David, Colin, everyone over at Jacksberry, we we love our products and we're looking at the best way of combining those without losing the integrity and like putting out something that we're super excited about. So we're 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 getting there. We I think that we're definitely closer. And I their beers are great too, as all of these beers that I've been tasting through as we've been hanging out here are so great. Cheers yeah. to that, man. Cheers to good. And Thank
2: then you. Steve, uh, this is a nice like. A dark beer. So your, your, your heart's in dark beers at Barrage. I like this dark beer. What is it? Uh, <clears throat> this is tribal cow. Toasted
3: coconut, caramel, milk stout. Mm-hmm. One of the things at Barrage that we pride ourselves on, if it's on the label, if it's on our board, you're going to taste it. Toasted coconut, caramel. It's a milk stout. It's roasty. It, you know, it has all the notes there. If we say something's in it, you're you're tasting it, but it's not overdone, and and that's one of the things we pride ourselves on uh, is just using a lot of different adjuncts that are well balanced together to make a you know a, a very well balanced uh, beer. So. That-
2: our gate crasher, what do you think of this beer? <laughs>
1: honestly, the nose. This guy nose just
2: came bar. in. He was hanging out at Roberta's bar. <laughs> he bartends. I saw, I saw, I saw him Mike, Mike drugged me. I'm, I'm I building this I one on Mike. It's
1: okay. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, the nose on this is amazing. You get definitely get the coconut, the caramel. When I first smell this, I got like a hint of hazelnut, and honestly, it made me think of uh, caramel corn. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It is absolutely fantastic. Thank you. Thank you very much. And I,
2: like what, what's your brewing process? Like, what, you know, what size system do you have? And um,
3: We're on a... We Actually, we started out just like Barrier. We started on a one-barrel system for about a year and a half, and just brewing our asses off. You know, it was every day. We had 11 little tiny fermenters, one-barrel fermenters, and, and we just, just blew through them. And then finally, we wound up getting a seven-barrel system uh, with a bunch of 14-barrel fermenters. And... Uh, again i kind of brew what i want to brew it's you know i could care less about the season this this beer is actually on all year round 12 months a year it's on on in the tasting room we people ask for it uh same thing with our our other beer yada 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 on all year round and it's a dark beer you know if it works you make a beer of peanut butter that's the one. That's the yada, yada, yada. That's the yada, yada, yada. In fact, we have actually had it on at Jimmy's.
5: Did yes. you ever think about making an imperial version of this? Yes.
3: And we've actually thought of putting it in, like, bourbon barrels or rum barrels. Yeah, that would be double, um, quite that's the our treat. Next.
2: Well, what would you do and to make this treat. into an imperial version? How would, oh, you, how would you change the recipe?
3: Um, well, obviously, we probably have to double the uh, the grain bill on it and maybe do a, a two-hour boil instead of an hour boil on it and uh, ramp it up. Right now, it's 6.8 so we could easily easily get it up to it you know like 9
2: to 10% yeah. I mean, I really can't yeah. stop drinking. You know, yeah, Luke's over there. It's delicious. <laughs> Looks like, I talk cider, but I drink
4: beer. <laughs> I just came here to drink the beer and yeah. hang out with you, Jimmy. So that's so what, so this guy, why I'm Mr. here. Mr. Smart Man. What's your oh, name, man. Mr. Cheddar? Cheddar. Cheddar. Yeah. Cheddar. Cheddar. Yeah.
2: And Mike, you know, any and insights? So like, we're actually, the, the third segment, we're going to get a little more serious and talk about some challenges mm-hmm. in the industry, supply chain, and, and all that stuff. Sure. Um, but, you know, about collaborations, let's say Barrier and Barrage, you know, we to do a collaboration. <laughs> yeah. What 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 would you
5: call it? What was the name I threw up before? I I forgot. (laughs) I said something funny at the bar. Yes, I I completely forgot. Um, It was funny, but it it, it, it would be a playoff of probably how confused both of our breweries are on the island that people confuse our our respective breweries. It'll probably be a playoff of that.
2: Yeah, but you know Long Island's pretty big. It's 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 over a hundred miles long. Sure. but there's not that many people on it. And when I, when I go out this weekend for Fourth of July, I'm going out to North Fork, visiting with friends. And when I'm out there, I don't really see that many. I mean, my buddies at Greenport Harbor are there, represented in the stores. You know, in Riverhead, there's Mustache. Um, I, but I don't really see that many Long Island breweries represented w- when I'm out and about.
3: Um, I, I think what it comes down to certain like Montauk is they have their beer everywhere they they've been canning their beer almost from day 1 uh which is great because who's going out to Montauk during the winter so they were able to get their beer out and get it you know west um same thing Long Island Long Island started out with one one beer and they pushed it everywhere and uh, that was that was great for them but there are so many smaller breweries as like ourselves uh, right now, we just we just basically keg our beer. We're getting into the canning and bottling. Uh, I think that's the, the threshold that the majority of breweries need to do. Uh, invest in maybe a, a can, at least one, or a bottle. And that definitely uh, gets your face out there and, and, and people know it. And you can put it anywhere. You, you, you really can. And it also goes with distributorship. Not every brewery, uh, a good majority of breweries on Long Island are independent as of right now. Um, there's probably a handful that are with a signed distributorship. So that's also another bigger thing.
2: Great. All right, we're going to take another short break. We'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Assassins Radio. All right.
3: I don't go in for understanding when you
0: are away. Can't use my heart to think away the time. My room, I will await you And so soon I will relate you And tie your finger right
2: on up to mine Sweet Josephine, you live in my dream Sleep right by
5: All the
2: time I can prepare my heart for joy hey, hey hey welcome back to Beer Sessions radio on the Heritage Radio Network hey it's HeritageRadioNetwork.org org summer drive and uh, uh, Luke from uh, Has donated a special Vermont package and thanks again Luke you know you can go online and, and bid for that what is it uh, Shaxbury weekend
4: Vermont. Weekend for two up in Vermont. It's uh, two nights up at the orchard and hanging out with us, foraging for apples, eating good cheese. You got
2: those, what, weird long-haired cows up there? Yeah,
4: got some long-haired cows. There'll probably be some hippie jam band music. I don't know. Meet and greet with Bernie. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> well,
2: that's Vermont, it. Vermont that's stuff it. I don't know HeritageRainerate.org Bid for the summer drive All right So we had some fun We talked We covered uh, You know uh, Steve from Barrage Is here Mike from Barrier This guy off the street Bartender and uh, <laughs> Luke. So let's talk about Some challenges And you now we get A little deeper You know Challenges of the Supply chain You know Whether it's materials Or equipment You know Mike you guys Mentioned earlier I heard about this The metal craft Fabricator kind of Went out of business mm-hmm. Not only you mm-hmm. guys But Grim also You guys got stuck yeah, we got, finished we, the we we got stuck. So you're expanding your brewery. You're getting a, a new brewing system,
5: a new brew house, which is you know everything from start to finish. Uh, luckily, we bought the tanks from a, a different manufacturer, and they came in long before. But um, yeah, we we got we got screwed. They got they got about 65 to 70 percent of the brew house fabricated, so we were able to take it off. Of the property, and we have a, another company that's going to finish it for us, uh, same thing with Grimm, they, they had a little less finished, so they were, they were in a little more of a bind than we were, but nonetheless we still got we still got screwed by these guys, and that's why Gr- uh, Grimm and Barrier were doing a collab, and um, we're going to do, uh, do it each of us do an IPA and we're going to can it, and then hopefully the proceeds can go help us you know, towards us finishing our respective brew houses yeah
2: and, and it, was that anything in particular? Or was it just that one company went out of business?
5: Uh, it was it was Metalcraft MCF. They they went out of business. It was very poor handling of their funds. Uh, I don't know, you know, obviously too much. I know what I've been told. So, you know what I hear. But uh, yeah, it's just uh, not handling his funds correctly. And there was a lot of other breweries. Like I said, there's a couple other rep, very reputable New York breweries that got screwed over too. I don't want to say anything. Uh, you know, it's, that's not my place. But uh, there was a number of breweries that got screwed over by these guys. And yeah, there's not you can do.
2: And, and Barry, you guys have been through so much. I mean, you, you started with a one-barrel system. Mm-hmm. You guys expanded. And then there was Hurricane mm-hmm. Sandy.
5: We were, we were shut down for a and long time. That was time the first that. time
2: that Long Island breweries rallied around you
5: Yeah, guys. well, what Steve was saying about how tight-knit the community is in Long Island, a lot of the breweries came together. We brewed a beer at, um, I believe it was Blue Point, And it was called Surge Protector. And um, a lot of the proceeds came back to us to help us rebuild and, and get back on our feet, which was huge. All the gang helped us out big time. We owe a, a lot of uh, debt yeah. to them. They're they're great guys.
2: You guys been through a lot. And the other question, uh, for Steve too, like you know, for, for supply chain issues, you know, uh, is that is that common now? Is, is there are there too many? Is there too much demand for brewing systems, for example? They hear there's too much demand for hops. There's too much. Is there too much demand for brewing systems for new breweries or expanding breweries?
3: Um, when we uh, got our new system, we got it from Premier Stainless. It took us seven months before we saw one tank come to us. And, you know, it's depending on where you go and, and what you get, you know, there are companies out there. And and uh, I'm guessing now Metalcraft is one of them where, you know, they had a good product, but they just didn't manage uh, their their monies correctly. There are some really good companies out there, but with the demand that is going on right now, the smaller systems are so hard to come by. The larger systems, a little bit more. I know um, um, Evil Twin is uh, getting a new system. It's uh, I think it's going in uh, from Premier Stainless. So Premier Stainless is one of the, the better known. And and they when they tell you when you're going to get your equipment, you're going to get it, uh, which... We were very happy with our equipment we got from them, but going for, uh, kegs kegs are a whole nother cooperage. Good luck. <laughs> it is so hard to get cooperage nowadays.
2: And I've, I've also heard that, that, that cans are hard to get now too. Uh, so there's it, a lot of supply issues. Yes,
3: yes. Depending on uh, who you go with, you know, there's a minimum, and uh, you know, if you have space to store the minimum, that's great. If you don't, you might be a little screwed.
2: Mike, you guys just canned today,
5: yeah, right? Yeah, uh, yesterday. <laughs> how, how do
2: you guys set that up? You have to contract uh, out. Yeah, advance? we
5: we work with with Metalcraft. We've had a never had any problems. with Those are great guys. I think we do a great job. Um, but the minimum for from the come out, uh, I believe, is thirty barrels, and so that's what we've been doing. We've been doing a little more lately. But uh, yeah, there's some houses who just who can't do that. Who can't do thirty barrels. They can only do five or ten or twenty. And a lot of companies won't come out. But there are some that will. There are some of the new new canners that will come out. No matter what you can do,
2: yeah.
5: But yeah, like Steve was saying, so it's just a housing
4: issue. And
2: then for Luke, for you, you know, Shacksbury, what, what are your big issues? What access to apples?
4: You got it, Cooperage <laughs> apples. I mean, the the main thing that we deal with in the United States is the lack of cider fruit. And when you think about the cider that we're drinking right now, the Pet that's all wild foraged apples. So that's that's the, great. I love it. Yeah. You know, the funny
2: thing is we're just drinking some, you know, hoppy really and is a awesome. dark beer. And my pal is ready for it. it, it
4: it's-, it's a little refresher. It's, it's something to go back to. And, and for us, this is all wild forage fruit. So it's not orchard fruit. It's us going out in the woods, shaking trees with tarps underneath them, and collecting apples, pressing it. Native yeast fermentation in a barn in Vermont, so it's slow. It's cool fermentation. But beyond the wild apples in Vermont, we have a ton of apples in Vermont. They grow like weeds, but... 99% of them are culinary fruit. So they're going to give you 6-7% alcohol. They're going so I'm to Some
2: dessert fruit. Yeah, yeah, yeah dessert fruit, culinary fruit.
4: fruit, supermarket fruit. It's the the way that we think about it is when you taste something like this and it has tannin and it has acidity like you can see the color to it, it's we would love to have more of that and we're propagating. There's actually a couple of wild apple trees that we're actually propagating over at Sunrise Orchard, but like everything in the cider industry, you're looking at short side three to five years to get fruit so it's not a very quick turnaround where you can just be like oh we want a ton of cider apples now let's just go out and buy them they're just not there you have to grow them it takes time so it's it's sounds like a lot of the same issues that the beer industry is dealing with with hops
2: so earlier you're talking about uh, you mentioned a new york cider maker that you look up to yes you listen to some he's been on beer Sessions radio Andy Brennan,
4: Aaron Burr. <laughs> yes, Aaron Burr <laughs> Siders. He's he is a character. I, I was one of the things. The the quotes that stands out in my head is when I heard Andy say something along the lines of, uh, "I don't know if I can say it on the radio, but can it was, it. I can say it." All right, so it was uh, we just try to get the best fruit possible and not fuck it up. <laughs> and I was like, "Yes, exactly. Like that's the point. Like start with good fruit." shepherd it through the process don't try too hard to change anything or override it just start with a good product shepherd it through the process and put it out and really give it that sense of it being what it's supposed to be it's
2: too bad our gate crashes grandmother's listening but <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know who you are Luke. sorry grandma. And for, for, for mike for you like is there a, a brewer or, or brewery that you really look up to outside of barry and collaborate with a lot of breweries
5: i think it's uh, all new york breweries i think we just got to stick together stand together um it's really us that's gonna uh fight any conglomerate that's gonna come in or, or any sort of uh disaster or, or whatever that comes about if we all stick together which we have in the past and it's it's shown through a lot of circumstances I would, I would just say i look up to every new york brewery that's that's old that's, new that's that wants to start Great, attitude. and then one more
2: time, the collaboration beer. So that your money, fat, fluid with Interboro. Tell us about working with Jesse Ferguson. At oh, we've
5: known Jesse for forever um, since when I was uh, was a, when I was an intern at Six Point back in two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Jesse used to come by, and drop off home brews. Then he then he went with Carton and was the was the head brewer at Carton for a while, and then he went to other half. Now he opened up Interboro. So we've known Jesse for you know for. As long as our brewing, you know, almost our brewing careers, uh, we love him. Great guy. We're all on the same page. So it was. It was. It, it took a little longer than than it should have to come together, but that that's on that's on Jesse, not on us.
2: And at, at Barry, <laughs> do you have a head brewer, or is it is it a team brewing?
5: Oh yeah, we have a head brewer. Uh, Kevin is, is our brew house manager. Uh, he's our head brewer. He's been there. Uh, he came from Great South Bay. Came over to us. Uh, we have three three awesome brewers. Um, Evan is. He still, he still gets in the brew deck every once in a while. Um, he, he makes a point just to keep his, uh, his, his blade sharp. But uh, he's doing a lot of the administrative stuff now.
2: Well, cheers to you guys, man. Still one of my favorite beers. and I cheers. pretty much always have it. Barry cheers. Brewing at Jimmy's number 43. So, cheers. And we're looking up to uh, July cheers. Good Beer Month and uh, definitely celebrating some of our favorite breweries, including Barry Brewing. So, Steve, Barrage, for you, are, are there other breweries or, or brewers or pioneers in the craft beer industry that you really look up to that you want to give a, a shout-out to? Um, You know, just like Mike
3: said, Long Island in in, in itself and and New York uh, brewers, I've gotten help from when we were trying to open up from at least um, a dozen different breweries. And, uh, you know, some of them being Evan from Barrier, Greg and Dan from Long Island, Paul from Blind Bat, um, you know, just... Answered any question that I had when we were trying to open up, and you know, and and the, the key thing was not so much how to brew beer; it was paperwork, you know, paperwork for the government, paperwork for the state, per, paperwork for our towns, and those guys, you know, were so instrumental in getting us started, and they were so willing. That was that was the really shocking thing when I got in into the industry. It was just, hey, this is what I know. I'm, I'm going to try to give you what I can and i 've done the same thing uh, you know i 've had other breweries that have come to me that are now open, and they ask me questions and I try to answer them if i can 't answer them i 'll push them to someone else that can so it really, truly is uh, a a community that looks out for each other
2: and then gate crasher here so you're working at grand Army Jeddah. Bar, one of our favorites and proletariat what are a couple uh, you know breweries right now or beers that you 're really digging
1: well we 've uh Honestly, one of my favorite ones right now is um, Three Floyds. The uh, oh wow, sorry, I'm totally blanking right now. <laughs> Come back to me on this. All right. We well,
2: got you in, man.
1: He snuck through the gate I, and we get him on I, the I show. I think I knew which one it is too. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm blanking. I, I'm from Wisconsin, and so we used to go down to Three Floyds when we were.
5: Oh, was it the yeah. uh, zombie dust? Zombie dust. Oh, zombie dust. All right. Well, actually, today, today I, I had
2: a great uh, a, a dark coconut. Well, say, say your beer one more time. That was a good one.
5: Uh, that was Tribal
2: Cow, uh, Toasted Coconut Caramel Milk. Great. And, and Mike, again, one more time. What was the first one we
5: had? Uh, we drank Tanto, which was the first one. And then the second one was Money Mad Fat, collaboration yeah. with innerborough Luke? Uh,
4: Shaxbury Pat Nat.
5: That was great, too. It to cut, awesome. cut through
4: my palate
2: and yeah, it was, was great. Nice. Well, and big shout-out. It's coming up July, Goober Month. July is a few days away. Uh, back in 2009, we co-founded it uh, with other you know local beer bar owners. As a result of that, Mayor Bloomberg uh, issued a proclamation for five years that in New York City, July is Good Beer Month. That was huge for the industry back when it was more about beer bars and the, the, there were just a few breweries opening up. And our, our, our we co-created the Edible Magazine uh, Good Beer event. That's coming up July 20th. We'll be there this year celebrating full out our ninth year and... Um, Many of the Good Beer Seal bars in the whole metro region will be there, and we're giving out Good Beer Seal awards. So if you're interested in, in learning about some of the best beer bars in New York area, come to uh, Edible's Good Beer event July 20th. And I'd like to thank our sponsor at Union Beer Distributors who helped bring this podcast to you tonight. I guess I Everyone say your names one more time because this is crazy list. Luke from Shaxbury
5: Cider in Bergenz, Vermont. Steve Paminsky, Barrage Brewing Company, Farmerdale, New York. Mike Descarfino, Barrier Brewing Company, Oceanside, New York. And the Gate Crasher. Jacob Cheddar, Grand Army, Proletariat, Boilermaker. Right.
2: I'm Jimmy Carboni. Thanks to our producer, Justin Kennedy, intern, Hillary Fassen, Our engineer tonight, Vitor. Thanks for listening. and We'll see you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Happy Fourth of July, kids. Fireworks, yeah. baby! Woo. Yes! Is.
3: Boom! <laughs>